Hail, you nostalgic Parisian girls. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes and reading these books for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. But you know what, Kendra? This is a, this is a first in our podcast history because you actually read this book prior to me reading the book. So I did. For a brief, brief window, <laughs> you had... How does it feel? <laughs> Not great, Kendra. It really stinks. It really stinks. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation, Radio 64, featuring video game music remixes, and previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at HereWeGoPod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're taking a break from our episode-by-episode rewatch to discuss the original novel, The French Rival, written by Lawrence Crown. Sweet. Let's crack open the West Beverly Blaze. Crack it! I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. Uh, So, French Rivals is part of a two-book series of 90210 novels published in 1991, my birth year, by Box Tree and released in the UK. The UK, of all places. I know. Is it big over there? Beverly uh, yeah, Hills? Think, listen, these books are published in many, many languages. There's a couple uh, German-only uh, 90210 novels. Like, they're not they're, – they're original to the German market. And when we had Mel Gilden on a, a while back, he said that these novels were huge in Germany to the point where they actually, like, called him and did a cover story on him over there. It's crazy. So – yeah, I think these these hit all over the place. But yes, the French Rival is is an original novel. It was preceded by a novelization of the pilot called Beginnings, which is separate from the the Mel Gilden novelization series. And what's interesting about it is Beginnings is strictly a novelization of the pilot, where the first of Mel Gilden's books is a novelization of the first five episodes, which is a uh, pretty a lot to get through. It's a lot to get through in that. So it is it is a little different there. Um, and they published these first beginnings, then the French Rival, and then after that, they just started publishing the the Mel Gilden novels over there and didn't do any more originals to the UK. So it's just these two. So beginnings, there are a few differences between what you what you read in that book and what actually happens on screen. Yes. So in the there's a prologue in beginnings that is set in Minnesota. Yeah, let's and, talk about that one yeah. for a minute. It was it's funny because it starts with Brenda just talking about like beavers. Yeah, she talks about beavers for a really long time. I guess there's yeah. a lot of beavers in Minnesota. Yeah, I, apparently. But yeah, the, I mean, it's just a Walsh family doing like one more summer at the lake before they move to Beverly Hills. And I just thought it was interesting because you never, you never really get any glimpses of that in the series. I mean, we saw we saw Brenda like as a child riding a pony. And when Jim goes back to Minnesota for a little bit, you know, you see some of like Minneapolis, but. This is really the only time where you get any kind of scene of their like pre nine hundred two and zero existence. So I I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. Yeah, it was very. It was described very well. Like it it made me feel like I'd I'd want to be chilling at this lake yeah. where, well, I where they it, are. I thought it felt really legit too. You know, sometimes with that sort of thing, it feels very tacked on, and you're like, okay, but when does a real thing start? But I thought this was this was well written and it all felt the characters felt right to me. So, yeah. you know, I thought it was cool. Um, Beginnings but, also includes David's mom and occasionally yeah, who, refers to him as David Singer. 
Yeah, which French Rivals does as well. Doesn't French Rivals exclusively call him David Singer? I think it does. Okay. Yeah, there's a few quirks in there. But yeah, yeah, I remember reading that because I think the Mel Gilden novelization at least maybe mentions David's mom. Uh, But this Beginnings actually has her in it as a character. And there's a scene between her and David, which is interesting and doesn't really gel with the, the David's mom that we get to know as the series progresses, which as of season two, we have not laid eyes on nope, David's mother. We've only heard tell yet. That's right. Of her antics. Okay. Nick, let's go beyond the zip code. I would love to. <laughs> well, listen, Kendra, here's the thing. I, much like with fantasies with KT Smith, I scoured everything that I could think of. I, I looked at WorldCat. I looked at all sorts of different uh, publishing, you know, informational like warehouses, and I just couldn't find anything about Lawrence Crown. So I don't know if it was just a pseudonym that they put on these books. I wish I could tell you more about this author or even get him on the show, but I can't find him. So what I can tell you is that according to uh, Memory Alpha, Boxtree, who published these books, is an imprint of UK publishing house Pan Macmillan that specializes in TV and film tie-ins, pop music, sports, biographies, humor, that sort of thing. And together with Sidgwick and Jackson, it provides a focus for Macmillan's brand, entertainment, and media publishing. So it's a little subsidiary publisher that really just focuses on things like novelization. They put these two out, and then they also... So handled the publishing of uh, the Mel Gildan's books once those were ported over to the UK. Sweet. Let's find out who's living in Beverly Hills with our syn- book synopsis. Our synopsis is things are going well for Brenda. That is until Nicole, Dylan's ex-girlfriend, comes over from Paris. Brenda's world looks like it's ready to fall apart. And then Brandon starts falling for Nicole. Oh, so we were talking a little bit off mic about the placement of this story and where it actually falls. So with fantasies, we we covered that book when it would have been happening within, you know, the 90210 like timeline. This book, after reading it, I'm pretty confident that we're talking early first season here. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, definitely. I think at one point they they measured the time they've been in Beverly Hills in a matter of months. So I think it's within that first year. Um, So not exactly in season three where we are with the rewatch podcast, but it's a nice little revisit to the early days of 90210. Uh, Kendra, shall we dive in? Let's do it. Okay. So we start with Dylan and he basically bails on his date with Brenda first thing. So that's, that's how it starts. Uh, Classic Dylan. They're getting ready to go out and Dylan sees a headline that reads movie deal for West Beverly ex student. The Parisian girl is back. And Dylan is just like, bye and leaves. <laughs> leaves I Brenda. gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Brenda doesn't exactly handle that well and, and jumps right to the Brenda conclusions that she would. Although in this case, I'm not sure how wrong she was to jump to those conclusions because he really does yeah. drop her with no explanation. It's just like, I'm out. Yeah, very strange. Um, so Cindy comes in and she's trying to figure out what's going on with Brenda. And she asks Brandon, what's up? He doesn't know. Um, but Brandon... Uh, this this is this is a really weird element of this book, so I'm just going to get into it right from the start. Kendra, what is the status of the relationship between Brandon and Andrea? Uh, I believe they are dating. They are in a committed boyfriend-girlfriend relationship in the French Rivals. So right away, that was like, okay, that's weird. But we have, when, when Cindy comes to ask Brandon, like, what's going on with Brenda, she also is sort of needling him about, were you and Andrea just studying last night? So... 
Weird start. Weird start. Tells you right away that we're in a, a different zone. A fantasy. Here. If you yeah. Will. That's, oh, nice. <laughs> so uh, Brenda's on the phone with Kelly and Donna, and they are basically filling her in about the background with Nicole, this this student, a, a French transfer student who was there for a while, had a big fling with Dylan, and Donna and Kelly are basically giving Brenda the skinny on that. Um. And they tell her, basically, it's going to get bad. He was crazy about her, so prepare for the worst. Um, Kendra, do you remember anything about this from the series? Anything about? About Nicole and about, like, Dylan having this French past thing. Okay, see, I had this, like, weird, vague memory. And I looked it up. And in the green room, when we're first talking about... um, Dylan and Brandon is telling Brenda like listen you know you don't want to get wrapped up with this guy and Brenda is like no way you know he's got a he's got a bad reputation I heard he got a girl you know some French girl pregnant like she does actually she does actually say that like in the episode and there there is some dialogue early on about this like you know French girlfriend of Dylan's who drove him crazy so it actually is like based in the show I think they just sort of yeah, so they just kind of took that line and and fleshed out a backstory for what it was they were referring to, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, Brenda Brenda remembers this rumor and is kind of like, oh, here we go. Uh, chapter two, Dylan is brooding. Are, are you surprised what? by that? No. I know. Dylan? <laughs> I know. He's brooding, and he's remembering Nicole, who he thinks of as his first love. And basically, we get a little bit of a background here in Chapter 2 where uh, they meet at an embassy because Dylan's father is attending this thing and trying to do some business with, um, I want to say with France, but it could be Japan. With all of France. Yes. And uh, he's – Nicole's dad is is an ambassador or something like that. Yeah. And so – Jack McKay, who who Dylan keeps calling Black Jack in this, which I think is kind of cool, but <laughs> nothing we ever hear in the series. But um, basically, Jack is like, I want you to go hang out with this guy's daughter just so we can, you know, so I can work him over for this deal. So the kids don't want to be together, but then all of a sudden uh, they do. Oh, they so. really do. Yes. It is not uh, just a fling. It's like a. Oh, yeah. It's like a whole relationship. It is. One might say it's torrid. <laughs> but um, <laughs> things get pretty intense, and Nicole's dad is like, no, I don't like this, and basically sends her to Paris to go to, like, not really a nunnery, per se, but, like, a strict, like, religious boarding school that, like, has her locked down. Hmm. So uh, Another she's, thing she's... that happens in Riverdale. Hmm. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, interesting. interesting. <laughs> yes. So Dylan... Um, who is young at this point? I mean, sixteen, probably. I guess. Um, basically, cashes out. He gets he gets all the money he can and just goes to France. Just drops out of school and goes to France. Follows her around and everything. While she's there, um, she kind of breaks away from the school. She gets discovered uh, by a photographer who we meet a little later, um, and her modeling career just takes off. So things are going really great. They go to, I want to say the French Open. Yeah. And they run into Dylan's dad who freaks out on Dylan because if, you know, if Nicole's dad finds out that Dylan is here and is like trying to have a relationship with her, then he's going to pull his business from Jack and blah, blah, blah. So Jack and Dylan have a huge fight and Jack just sends him back, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just, you know, get back there. Go back, go back to school. Get back child. there. Yeah. Get back where you came from or so help me. <laughs> so help me so, so help, help me, me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so this is uh, pretty much the end for Dylan and Nicole. This is uh, this break sort of sticks, and with both of their parents being so against it, and them being children and on different continents, it just uh, it ends. But it ends sort of um, abruptly and forced, so it feels unresolved, wouldn't you say? Yes. They didn't have so anyway, closure. That's right, Kendra. That's closure. a good way to put it. So while they've sort of moved on, her being back in town is doing a lot of crazy things for Dylan. And, of course, he's seeing her ads everywhere uh, for her perfume, which is – do you remember the name of this perfume? I don't. What is it? It is the most – it's just Parisian Girl perfume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the title. Uh, Parisian Girl perfume. You know, short, sweet, to the point. It tells you what it is. You're not going to be confused. No. You're so. going to smell like a Parisian girl. Anyway, Dylan's basically, this is like a driving montage where Dylan is seeing her face everywhere. So <laughs> pretty much, uh, pretty much if what this happened. had been like, if we had, could have seen it, they could have had the billboard like talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Dylan goes back to the Bellage Hotel because this is at a time in the show where they just have a suite at the Bellage. Do you remember, remember yes. those days? Yes. Yeah. The Bellage he goes, days. He goes back and he intends to call Brenda... Uh, but he just falls right asleep and basically goes the weekend without talking to Brenda. Inexcusable. I know. He ditches their date uh, and just doesn't talk to her. And Monday morning, we're at school. So that brings us to chapter three. Isn't that what he does in the show when he stands her up at the movie theater? Does yeah. he like not talk to her the whole weekend? Mm-hmm. Yep. Red flags all Same over dealio. the place. Yep. I know. Well, Brandon tried to warn her. <laughs> he did that's true anyway uh chapter three we're, we're at school and who should be there but entertainment weekly and they're interviewing kelly and donna who suddenly were very close to nicole as they recall <laughs> best friends best friends besties um how do you think andrea feels about this entertainment I, Weekly? i'm being sure here. she's uh disgusted yeah. is the unhappy Kendra. she's disgusted <laughs> by this and Brandon, like in his in Brandon's internal monologue, this is where he refers to her as his new girlfriend. So, you know, it, it, it's on. That's strange. It's on. That's I know. Strange. So I know it is. And I got to kind of wonder, I got to kind of, well, we talked about this in our season two recap a little bit, but I sort of wonder if it was more like a plan that was set in stone that Brandon and Andrea were just going to get together. And so, you know, the author and the publishers here were under the impression that by the time this book comes out, they're going to be a couple. So just make that happen. And then for some reason they backed away from it. I don't know, but it's such a bold choice that yeah. I got to think that something behind What's the, the scenes. story there. I know. Anyway, um, Brandon and Andrea have a very, very flirty scene in the West Beverly plays. And Andrea assigns Brandon, who is the sports editor, uh, to cover Nicole, basically, to follow her around and, and get the skinny on what's going on with her. He always gets these assignments that are not sports related. I know, I know. Um, Brandon goes to find Dylan, who is in the tech room, which is another throwback to season one. Remember the first several times we saw Dylan, he was in the tech lab? That was like yes. where he was hanging out. The very first time we see him, Scott is in the tech lab and Dylan is like defending Scott. Yes. So I, I thought it was fun that this scene was set in the tech lab. But um, he goes and finds her there. And Brandon is recalling another conversation um, where Brandon is basically – Brandon's remembering Dylan telling him all about this Parisian girl, about their relationship, how you know she transferred out. And, and so Brandon is aware of this thing that's going on and you know brandon's i think a little uncomfortable about what's going on and dylan's not being super helpful 
Uh, chapter four, we have a big school reception because, of course, you'd have a school recep- reception for a model yeah. who went there for a couple <laughs> semesters. Yeah. Of course. It's classic, right? Yeah. Um, so, That's Beverly so Brandon, Hills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brandon's there taking notes on this, uh, I don't even know, like a, I mean, like a pep rally or something. Who knows? Um, Brandon's taking notes about this whole thing. And they are setting up a scholarship um, in, in Nicole's name. She's pro- she's providing some money for for like a, you know, like, a, what was it, like an art scholarship? Kendra, is that what, that what we're talking about? That, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, think okay. So. Yeah. And she's getting an honorary diploma. So, you know, a big a big deal is being made of her coming back and all that. Enter Steve, uh, who spends basically the rest of the book, anytime Steve's there, is trying to, like, be with Nicole. Yeah. Just, just, Classic. I mean, that's Steve's only plot for this whole time, isn't it? I don't think he does anything besides just being like, let me introduce me to her. So I guess at least he's not, like, drooling over Kelly the whole time. Yeah. But. <laughs> Steve is trying to basically use his mom's, like my mom's on a sitcom thing to meet Nicole. So trying to sort of like have your people call my people. Well, it's gotten in places in the past. So I know it has. I, I know it certainly has. Um, Dylan is noticeably absent from this event. So we, we don't know. Uh, we don't know what's going on. Uh, now we're doing a montage of Nicole basically in, in you know, bikinis and and skimpy modeling pictures which uh david and scott just can't even yeah they're beside themselves they can't can't handle it they can't (laughs) handle it um after the assembly nicole's agent i don't i never really know who the max character is do they ever really establish like what his job is he's just sort of a handler right is he well well that's what i that's what i assume but he doesn't uh what's the what's the word like assistant no. Yeah, but but he's more no. than an assistant. Well, I think yes, I I think you're right. I think he's just the agent, but they don't really get into that. But anyway, um, he has the say about whether or not reporters can talk to her and all that. Um, and he gives Brandon permission to tag along for this story, even though all the major papers want this. She has an affection for West Bev, and so she's like, okay, yeah, you can have Brandon. Um, as Brandon is getting ready to get in the car, Dylan appears. And Nicole is thrilled to see him. She drags him over to the car, opens the door, and what does she show him, Kendra? A baby. A baby. End of chapter. Uh, were you pretty... I mean, the thing is, it's kind of low stakes here because, <laughs> like, obviously, in a side novel, they're not going to give Dylan a bastard love child. Right. You know? <laughs> it was kind of like in an anime how something happens and it'll be like... <gasps> Yeah. You just like see all the characters like gasping. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I I was genuinely curious about, you know, what what was happening throughout this. So, even though you don't really think that the baby's Dylan's, um it's intriguing nonetheless. So, yeah. chapter 5. Uh Dylan, Nicole and the baby are on TV because Entertainment Weekly has got some pictures of this. Um, and so Kelly and Donna are seeing this, as are the Walshes. Um, Cindy, Cindy at home, Jim in Chicago, where he's flipping through the channels at some convention and sees Dylan. And uh, it's like, wait, what? And I, I really thought that was all we were going to get of Jim for this entire book. <laughs> because well, it's not. kind of a, exactly, because kind of a throwback to those early episodes where Jim was like, just gone all the time. Yeah, gone all the time. So anyway, 
at Andrea's house, she is a little concerned about giving Brandon carte blanche to just be with Nicole all the time. She's feeling a little in- insecure about that in her classic Andrea way. Uh, let's see. Back at the Bellage, Dylan is trying to call Brenda, but the Walsh phone is off the hook. So, uh, and, and I don't mean like in a colloquial way. It's genuinely <laughs> off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> Literally um, off the hook, kids. Yes. Because you can take, the... your, you take your phone and that off would, the hook. That would do it. And yeah. then no one could call you. Finally, Steve gets through to Dylan. Uh, he tried to call earlier, and Dylan just hadn't responded to the calls. But Steve is basically calling Dylan saying, hey, you know what? Uh, why don't you introduce me to Nicole? And, you know, then she and my mom and I can hang out. I don't know. He's not reading, <laughs> he's not reading the situation at all. Well, no, he's not. And then it escalates because he says, you know, since you and Brenda are basically done, do you mind if I, like, make a pass at Brenda? And oh, uh, Dylan's... Not about that. So, um, Dylan goes to Brenda, and I don't know. I didn't really find him very contrite about what happened or particularly reassuring to her, did you? No. He definitely I mean, he, could have handled it better. He could have. And he's he's like, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm the father or not. And that's sort of like, okay. So, um, <laughs> do with that what you will. <laughs> Brenda, I find to be just a touch more mature in this book and tells him, like, well, listen, you need to figure it out. So why don't we just, like, cool it until you figure out what's going on? So they're kind of broken up. But, you know, it's more like figure this out. We're on a pause. A pause, Um, if you will. Brenda tells this to Brandon and Brandon calls Dylan a dork. (laughs) So (laughs) just want to get that out there. Uh, and he offers to drop the Nicole story. Brandon's like, listen, if this makes you uncomfortable, I just won't do the story, which I think is kind of crazy, don't you? Crazy that he... Well, I mean, it's like an assignment for the paper. Did... Oh, so crazy that he would drop it for... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay, all right. I think it was nice of him to offer. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, Brenda does insist that he keeps on the story, and so he does. On to chapter six. Brandon goes to the Bellage to interview Nicole and meets Roland St. Giles, the photographer who discovered her. And I thought right away, this guy is skeevy. Did you get that <laughs> yes, impression? Yes, I did, for sure. I don't really even remember what it was, but I guess he says something about her body, I guess, doesn't he? I mean, I think yeah. he says, yeah. Anyway, Very it just seems it is overly familiar in a way that I think is uncomfortable considering her age. But yeah. Uh, then Brandon meets Nicole, and in classic season one, Brandon is like, just so you know, Dylan and my sister are together, you know, which is like <laughs> <laughs> a very unprofessional yeah. for him to do. But Once again, a uh, child. <laughs> a child, yes. Um, and now everyone is uncomfortable, but they kind of get over it. I mean, Brandon's like, I don't do, you know, hack jobs on people. I'll I'll portray you honestly. And they're like, okay. So it's weird. It's a weird thing for him to lead with. Did but... you say that he's following her around like the whole day? Did you say that? Yes. Okay. Th- this is just where it begins. They ha- yeah. we haven't we haven't begun, but yeah, that is but the plan. But she like makes a whole thing about how like magazines have been wanting to do this, but I'm yes. gonna let Brandon from West Beverly yes. break this story exactly. of what I do all day. Exactly. Because she, you know, that's like her alma mater, I guess. She, she I guess. Good, but yeah. Chapter seven. At school, everybody is a buzz about Nicole and Andrea just isn't having it. She, <laughs> she's not about anything that's happening. It, it angers her. 
Uh, she overhears David and Scott gossiping about Nicole, and they're they're getting everything wrong. You know, they're they're saying that he is the uh, well, they they think he's the French ambassador to uh, Japan and all that stuff. But uh, Andrea, uh, in her way, corrects them and tells them that no, Nicole's dad is the French ambassador to China living in Beijing, and I guess Scott and David feel chastised by Andrea. <laughs> End of scene. End of scene. <laughs> uh, cut to Kelly and Donna, who are trying to comfort Brenda, but they clearly think that like she was insane for basically turning Dylan loose and, and being like, all right, go figure it out. They think that's the same as saying, like, okay, you're free to do whatever you want with your ex. Uh, <laughs> so they're not particularly encouraging. Not helpful. I know. Uh, meanwhile, Steve uh, is basically taunting dylan about uh about brenda you know just sort of saying like go ahead you know if if brenda doesn't care you should spend time with nicole um and now the tables have sort of turned because dylan now wants wants to talk to nicole and doesn't really have that access anymore for what reason i'm not sure i didn't really understand why suddenly she didn't want to talk to dylan did you catch that or was it no, just i don't know okay. i think it's just because i thought it was just because he, he just didn't know where she was okay at the moment well dylan is basically like yeah maybe maybe your mom should you know have have your mom's agent contact her agent and then we can sort of figure it out that way so dylan kind of turns it around on steve steve thinks dylan's doing him a favor and really dylan's trying to use steve's mom's contacts to get another one-on-one with nicole so i guess so they can hash this out uh chapter eight nicole's agent max um basically spends this whole chapter bragging about old hollywood just about all his connections in hollywood he brags about marilyn monroe um Meanwhile, Brandon is sort of watching Nicole, and he's he's at first kind of impressed by her, don't you think? Yes. Like, by how she's so, like, devoted, and she's boom, 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 you know. He starts out feeling like, wow, good for her. Uh, they, they stop for lunch, and it, they stop at sort of a celebrity hangout place, and Steve's mom is there. So this would be... This this uh this situation with meeting Steve's mom actually predates when you meet Steve's mom in the series. So oh. I thought that, well, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's so true. So Brandon and Steve's mom run into each other, and and that's it. That's that's pretty much it. Um, they meet Nicole's movie agent there, and she's saying like her feeling is she doesn't want to just do like make a big splash and be like you know the, the sexy female lead of some like rom-com or something where she does one movie and then she's gone like she would rather have you know interesting parts and character parts that are smaller so that people will like learn to take her seriously as an actor um but her people are not really wanting that and then she pops some pills Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the the yes. pill popping. Yes. Hey, Nick, remember that pills. that one time we watched that movie with either Burt Reynolds or Tom Selleck? I get them confused. And Goldie Hawn. No. Where oh. where the but I'm thinking of it because there was a model in the movie, and he was like, she was like on the run, or she was a oh, killer, and yes, then at the that- end they were clowns. <laughs> Yes, that that is Tom Selleck. That's okay. called her her alibi. That's what that's called. <laughs> that would be like yeah. making a splash and then being never wow. seen. It. But it was a model, exactly. and we were yeah. watching it. And like halfway through, I was like, "Is this girl like a yeah. model? She yeah. seems like a model trying to be an actor." And she wow, was. That, 
that is a deep cut, Kendra, and my hat is off to you. I, for, uh, I think about that movie periodically because it pulling, was just uh, so... Uh, her alibi reference out of nowhere. You guys, you. if you're listening, I want you to watch it just so you can understand. Yeah. Because it's it's strange. It is nonsense. It's nonsense. The, the ending yeah. for sure is nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway. I, I was, we had a good time. I think oh, we had yeah. A time we definitely had a good time watching it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. No, no. <laughs> A- anytime you want to talk Tom- 80s Tom Selleck movies, I'm here. <laughs> do you get Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds confused? Because I do all the time. No, no, because I love them both. But I think, you know, their, their time in the spotlight and the thick, luxuriant mustaches, it's very understandable. Which one is why in you... Friends? Is that Tom Selleck? That is Tom Selleck, okay. yes. Yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so where were we? Yes. Uh, teenage model doing drugs. All right. Yes. Chapter nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I had to write this down. So David, David is in the uh, DJ booth at school, and this is this is a direct quote. Okay. Okay. We're spinning noon tunes for all you West Beverly rap loving dudes. <laughs> he is so cool. <laughs> I know. And his DJ name in this, I hope that you do. You remember this, Kendra? I don't. It's it's beautiful. Diamond Dave. <laughs> And this is where the book calls him David Singer. David Singer. And I don't think it ever actually says David Silver. Whereas in Beginnings, it did call him David Singer once, but the other times it said Silver. So I don't know, somewhere along the way, some some editorial you know <laughs> input was like it's actually Silver, but didn't oh, make crap. it into uh, didn't make it into French Rival. But yeah, David is. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird scene. David's in the booth. He's he's talking to rap loving dudes. Um, <laughs> Then he starts sort of like freestyling, not freestyle rapping. Oh, maybe. It was a book, so maybe he was rapping. But he starts going off about Nicole and the whole situation. Um, and he's seeing Brenda and Dylan and is just doing a whole thing about them, like on air. David is like, oh, is Dylan going to go back with his ex? Or is he going to stay with his love? Or is he the father? Like, he just does a whole thing. Uh, Dylan comes in. uh crashes into the booth, knocks over a big tray of cassettes and shuts David up. Why would David even do that? I don't know. Suddenly David's like a shock jock. I I don't. Well, (laughs) Diamond Dave, what are you going to do? Classic Diamond Dave. (laughs) And that is the extent of chapter nine. So on to chapter 10. Uh, Brandon and Nicole are still doing, I don't understand what, but they're basically going around to like Hollywood landmarks and being like, look at that. 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 Um, Max is telling the story about Rita Hayworth getting fired. Basically, she gets blackballed. He's talking about an old Hollywood story about Rita Hayworth getting blackballed from Hollywood for falling in love with the wrong guy. And I was trying to figure out if that was supposed to be like a threat or I didn't really understand. Do you think he was like threatening? I have no idea. If you go off with Brandon or Dylan, you're going to be black. I I guess I felt like there was some sort of threat in there, but I don't really know. Next, they go to the <laughs> Parisian Girl Perfume Headquarters. And <laughs> sure. Brandon, Brandon uh, in his way, is starting to get concerned that Nicole is overworked, that she's been on the run all day. She hasn't eaten. They're running her ragged. She's popping pills. It's a whole crazy thing. You can't pop pills on an empty stomach. I mean, I know that. that's like I rule know. number one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, teenage drug use in general, I think, is frowned upon. Sure, but, yeah. but I mean, yes, you shouldn't you know. even take ibuprofen without having food on your Absolutely. stomach. Absolutely. Very so. damaging to your stomach lining. So yeah. that's a good uh, that's a good. the more you know. <laughs> um, 
Nicole does a does a photo shoot for I don't know print ads I guess for uh, Parisian girl stuff, and then when they're driving back, she sees the famous like Grauman's Man's Chinese Theater, and she wants to stop. And they're like, no. And mm-hmm. finally, they do, and she is instantly mobbed by big fans. mistake. Which like, oh, I, I don't know. I guess I mean she's a model, but she hasn't like done any movies or anything like that. Would she be mobbed by fans? I thought it was strange. I mean, is she like uh, Tyra Banks? Yeah. Or is she, you know, like a lesser known? Well, I mean, Dylan Dylan is genuinely seeing her picture everywhere early on. I mean, if her billboards are everywhere, then maybe. But I don't know. Well, she's mobbed by tourists and Brandon has to rescue her. Obviously, Brandon has to rescue her. So he dives in there, uh, gets her, gets her all set, uh, saves her gets a cut on his face so you can see he has a war wound, you know, and she invites him to be her date at the fashion show uh, that evening. Is it a fashion show or is it like a movie premiere? I can't remember fashion which one. Fashion show at lunch. All right. Uh, and I can't and things, <laughs> Okay. Well, things get flirty between them, basically. Yes, they do. Uh, I, I think just, it is. I think it is a fashion show. I was yes. just listening to Office Ladies and oh, they sure. were talking about uh, one of the first episodes where they where Steve or it's not Steve Michael goes to New York <laughs> City, and um, when they were filming it, they said that Forty Year Old Virgin had just come out, so he was like, I mean, his face was oh, like yeah. in Times Square, so they're oh, yeah. like, <laughs> they're like jumping out of the van and like trying to film these scenes in new in New York, and like people would just like flock to him as soon as they saw him and like recognized him. Um, But they said he was always like super nice to everyone that came up to him, but they had to like film stuff very quickly and then like jump back in the van. Yeah. So I love, I love that thing where he's talking about his favorite New York pizza place. And it's just a Sparrow. (laughs) So, (laughs) and when he's talking about meeting celebrities and like, he sees someone off in the distance and Conan O'Brien is just like walking right behind him. He thinks it's Tina Fey. It's not. Uh, and then Conan O'Brien walks by. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So Brandon's got his invite to the fashion show, flirting with Nicole, and we're on to chapter 11. Yeah. So Brand- Brenda runs into Andrea, and they decide, I mean, they're both depressed about the same thing, basically. Andrea's boyfriend, her yes, boyfriend, Brandon, her boyfriend. Uh, is following Nicole around. And Brenda, of course, feels like tossed over by Dylan for Nicole. So they're like, let's go be sad together. If this was a musical, they would have a song together. They would right have here. a song. They absolutely would. So Brandon finally gets home and pretty much just says hello. And then he has to get ready for a premiere. Um, and so he's he's putting on a tux. He's taking a shower. Um, Andrea is not pleased. She sees the scratch on his face and uh, incorrectly assumes that it is a hickey. And uh, she's she's what? very upset about this. Yes. That, that can't... You can't mistake a scratch on your face. On his face? Yeah. A hickey on his face. Well, they say a scratch, but I think they mean more like a bruise, probably. Okay. If you know, it's a bruise, but, sure. But still. But on his weird, face? It's <laughs> a weird placement. I, well, they're French. <laughs> they're French. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Brenda goes to take Andrea home because apparently at this point she can drive which was was not accurate uh, no. for the time. But anyway, she goes to take Andrea home, and they decide to maybe just like eh, just head a little bit towards Hollywood, and maybe they'll see the premiere. Who knows? Um, meanwhile, in the limo, Nicole is popping the pills again, and Brandon confronts her about what she calls her vitamins, and she shrugs it off. 
Uh, but Brandon's getting uncomfortable, and he's also feeling very invested in her life, as he does. As he does. At the premiere, <laughs> Brenda and Andrea uh, catch a glimpse of Brandon and Nicole, and then they head to the peach pit to sulk. And it's kind of funny because, first of all, like, they went to a Hollywood premiere and, like, got that close. Like, where did they park? I know. That's my, that's my first question. There's no parking. I know. People confuse Brandon for Tom Cruise, and Brenda's just very disgusted by the whole thing. But they head to the peach pit. Uh, chapter 12, after the premiere, uh, Brandon goes on offense with Nicole. Basically, he really – he decides, after knowing this this lady for one day – He's going to do an intervention and tells her, you know, her her drug use is a problem. She needs to get clean for her daughter and really, uh, really lays into her. Yeah. Uh, she and and weirdly, she's open to it. She responds and asks for help. And he says, OK, yeah, just uh, just ditch the pills and let's call your doctor. But uh, she doesn't want to ditch the pills, does she, Kendra? No. But what does she want instead? Brandon. Some kisses. Yes. <laughs> so she invites Brandon to spend the night. Uh, yeah. A request that he declines. Uh, and then he asks to be dropped off at the peach pit because he has to help Matt. Matt. <laughs> oh, I remember texting you about that when I yeah. read it. Yep. I was like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> he has to help Matt close the peach pit. So from now on, I'm just going to call him Nat. But just know. <laughs> That everywhere that Nat is mentioned in this book, he is called Matt. Yeah. With an M. Chapter 13. At the Peach Pit, uh, Andrea and Brandon run into Kelly and Donna. And Donna um, Donna tells Brenda that Dylan has been looking for Nicole, according to Steve. Steve's let them know that Dylan's looking all over for Nicole. Why she feels the need to like tell this to Brenda, I don't know, but she does. Um, and Kelly says that Steve doesn't do anything unless there's something in it for him. To which Andrea replies, do you this is a saucy line. Do you remember this, Kendra? Andrea replies, that must be why he dated you all year. Oh, my goodness. Yowzer. Andrea. Yeah, I know. Chill. I know. And I don't get why she's turning it on Kelly either. That didn't make, didn't make any sense she's to me. She's but... just in a bad way. Her boyfriend so. is at a Hollywood premiere. With... So she just... <laughs> So she decides to slut shame Kelly for no reason. Okay. Um, uh, Nicole walks Brandon into the peach pit and kisses him goodbye. People are not thrilled about this. Um, Nat, however, is very glad to see Brandon. Uh, But I think it's very weird that Brandon is just coming in to close at like midnight in a tuxedo. I think that's weird. But anyway. They're just trying to get him to the peach pit. Yeah, Nat's Nat's glad to see him, and Brandon puts on the song "She Drives Me Crazy." Do you remember that song? She drives me crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know so. how I know that? How? There was a uh, like a compilation CD that there used to be a, a, a commercial. commercial for, yeah. and that song was on there. So that's all I know of it is that you, okay. it drives me crazy part. Well. You could listen to it on the Peach Pit Juice Box. Juice Box. <laughs> the Juice Juke- Box. The Juke Box. Though, if this were an episode, that would have been replaced with something else. Yes. Like she's pretty in French. <laughs> Brandon tries to tries to chum up with the gang because at this point, Brandon is pretty oblivious to everyone being upset with him, and I think for good reason. I don't think anybody really has a good reason to be no. upset with Brandon. He's just right doing now, his do you? job, man. Even Andrea, I don't think he's being unfair or anything to she's her. the one who gave him the 
the well, assignment. I agree. I agree. Meanwhile, Steve and Dylan are up to some shenanigans. Uh, Steve, this is a whole weird thing. Steve found out from his mom's agent like where Nicole was going to be, but it's just back at the hotel. So like, duh. But kind of just waited at the hotel. Yeah, and then Steve, Steve Sanders, gives up and is like, "Ah, forget it. I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore." So Steve <laughs> leaves. <laughs> right? Did you think that was weird? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Steve leaves. And Dylan stays because he's wanting to catch Nicole. So he stays in the lobby at the Bellage, hoping to see her come through. Chapter 14, we got Jimbo Walsh. He's here. He's home. Jimbo. Jim and Cindy are having breakfast. And Cindy notices that Dylan is out in his car outside. And it's not even 7 o'clock yet. Uh, Jim, in true Jim style, does not want to invite Dylan in. But eventually he does. Invites him in for breakfast. Brandon and Brenda are upstairs uh, getting ready and Brenda basically unloads on Brandon, which again, Brandon did offer to drop this story and has not done anything wrong other than being judgmental to Nicole. But, you know, she unloads on him. Yeah. Uh, Then Brenda comes down to find Dylan at breakfast and um, she refuses Cindy's French toast, which come on, Cindy, French. Now's not not the time. Well, is there ever really a wrong time for French toast, though? You know what, Kendra? You're absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. Meanwhile, oh, we have a dream sequence. We have a dream sequence within the book. Andrea is dreaming that she is at Rapline, basically counseling herself. Um, where where the where the caller is like, my boyfriend's ignoring me, and he's spending all this time with this girl, and what should I do? And Andrea, you know, rap line Andrea is like, you know the problem, you dump him. So that's Andrea's dream. Chapter, where we're moving through this. You having a good time, Kendra? Oh, yeah. Having... Chapter 15. Uh, Dylan takes Brenda out to breakfast, and he explains that he spent the night with Nicole, which I think is a really dumb way to say that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But he's like, just talking, Bren. So Brenda is mad. And this scene is kind of played for laughs. This reminded me a lot of the scene in the the Mexican restaurant in um, a Mexican standoff. (laughs) Because they're mad at each other and they're fighting. Um, but all of this like goofy stuff is happening around them. Like there's this like old hipster, like, you know, rocker couple and they're listening to the, to the argument and they're both weighing in like one's on Brenda's side, one's on Dylan's side and they go back and forth and back and forth. And to my mind, they don't resolve anything. And yet it's kind of a strange scene. It's a very strange scene, but they end up happy. So Kendra, how would you best describe that? Would you say your classic line? Which, oh, all is forgiven. <laughs> I was like, what classic line? All Do you is want for- to lead back into that? No, all is forgiven. Okay. <laughs> we, we, had, we had an all is forgiven in the book, and I thought, well, perfect. Because they really don't resolve anything. Nothing was resolved here. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of chapter 15. Chapter 16 is Andrea gets off the bus. She sees Brenda and Dylan laughing and having a good time, and she jumps wildly to the conclusion that they have made up because Brandon is now with Nicole officially. In class, Kelly and Brenda are passing notes while the teacher is discussing uh, sexual reproduction in the animal kingdom. Oh, right. And I 
I thought this scene was actually pretty funny because it was like intercut between them going back and forth, Kelly trying to figure out what's going on with Brenda and Dylan while the teacher is lecturing about like elephants having sex or something. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, Brenda says basically uh, that that Dylan and Nicole talked, but she does not provide any information here. So thus confirming that regardless of what was said, all is forgiven. Kelly gets caught with a note and she eats it. Falls a note. Ugh. I know. I could. I could Nothing could make me do that. No. Did you ever get caught uh, passing notes? Oh, probably. I got caught passing notes in college, and it was very embarrassing. Oh well, by the time I was in college, we we had a, a group chat going in the class. Okay, but... look, we had group chats. All right. <laughs> we didn't. Oh, need we did pass we notes. Did. Andrew, we didn't have group tag. That's that's a lie. <laughs> we didn't have. But I was passing notes. Uh, and uh, I got yelled at. Chapter 17, Andrea is feeling down. And Steve shows up. Steve. Uh, he, shows up at, he shows up at the blaze to see her. And basically, this is his, this is his pitch. Um, Andrea and Brandon are done. And Steve wants to take her out because, you know, She's free now, so why not? She's cute. He's cute. Let's do it. Um, Andrea is very cold to him. I'll tell you what. The author of this book did not a positive feeling towards Andrea have. Because Andrea says to Steve um, that he can come back when he's the last man on Earth. (laughs) But she says it in a pretty drawn-out, mean way. And so Steve leaves. She's all sass, this book. She is. She is. Next, Brandon stops by to hand in his assignment and is completely oblivious to her feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't realize she's upset with him, doesn't realize that she's questioning their relationship, has no idea. And he's in a hurry, so they don't resolve anything. He doesn't even know she's mad. Um, He says that his story has become a little bit more personal, and he thinks that she should move it to editorial. And then says, hey, let's meet at the Peach Pit, and then he's out. So... In this classic just re- sitcom style, no one is communicating. There's no like, but wait or anything like that. He's just out. Chapter 18, Dylan and Brenda drive to make out point and they talk about their old loves. Brenda brings up Bradley Abbott and says it was just puppy love. Dylan says his relationship with Nicole is nothing like the relationship that he has with Brenda. And it was also just puppy love. And that their father's hatred of each other and hatred for them being together was the thing that really sort of drove them together. Which is interesting because as we as we're at the end of season three or season two in our rewatch, that's basically what's happening with Jim now. Like he's right, yeah. forcing their hand. But um Dylan's saying like a lot of things led to this. It was puppy love, it got out of control, you know, it's over. And finally, finally, Brenda asks him about the kid. Like, is this your kid? And it is not. But Nicole wanted people to think that it was Dylan because it was actually dun, dun, dun. Roland, the skeevy photographer the from photographer. the beginning. So I thought this was very gross. Yeah, it is. And they try to they try to make it out that he's like a cool, like very metropolitan, like 30s um but she's still like 17 yeah. and he's her photographer. I, I don't think I feel like the book does not make a point of this being a bad thing necessarily, but they are hiding the they're hiding the baby's father from the public because she's a minor, which is gross. Yep. So pretty gross. 
So Dylan is not the father. It is Roland, and they're sort of still together, I guess. Yeah, or, they or are. are they? I don't know. No, I think she's, they are. Because she's kind of all over Brandon, but I guess she's also like on drugs and a child. So I. Anyway. Anyway. So that is the that is the situation. Chapter nineteen, at the Peach Pit. Andrea likes the article, but is still mad. Dylan shows up with Nicole's empty pillbox as a gift for Brandon, a sign that she's taken his advice and has ditched the pills. Hooray! Uh, finally, Andrea learns what really happened between uh, Nicole and Brandon, learns that she propositioned him and he turned her down for Andrea, and she is very touched. Final chapter, Kendra. Chapter 20. Oh, I love a good, even chapter. I know. Brandon and Brenda make up, and she reads the editorial. And this reminded me, there's another episode that ends a very similar way, where we're, like, reading out loud Brandon's article, and the whole family is like, yes, Brandon. I think there's a couple that end that way. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So this, this uh, while this is a stupid ending, it feels very natural to where the series was at the time. <laughs> and in a nutshell, the article, which is about five sentences long, if that, says... Why is the school making a big deal about a model? Why aren't they making a big deal about a doctor? <laughs> and that's the end of that. This is what he spent the whole day with Nicole doing, just saying, like, why are you glorifying a, a, a model instead of a doctor or something like that? Brenda is very proud, and the credits roll. Hooray. Kendra, now, if I if I recall back in our previous book episodes, uh, you were... You, you enjoyed the Mel Gilden novelizations. I did, yes. As do I. Um, I've been trying to track down the second half. They're weirdly hard to uh, to track down. So I did reach out to our pal Mel Gilden, and he's going to see if he can hook us up. So I'll keep you posted. But the Mel Gilden novels are a lot of fun. And you loved fantasies. I really KT did, Smith. yes. That was like top top marks for you. How did you feel about the French Rival? What's what's your verdict here? Uh, I I did not really like this one as much. Okay. Didn't enjoy reading it at all. I gave it three out of five stars. I would agree on and that. And for rating. my uh, for my review on Goodreads, I wrote meh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't really think that there's. I, I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it necessarily. You know what I mean? Like it's. I it's will not say that a, it. I feel like it got the characters right. Like everyone acted yeah. like I would expect them to. Yeah, I think I it was just the story. I didn't. I didn't. You know. Didn't grab me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was a mistake to, I don't know. What I liked about, what I think worked so well about fantasies is that because they were fantasies, things could happen. You know, like there could be actual movement within each of those stories. And if you, listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, fantasies was basically each character was guessing what their life was going to be like in 10 years. And so it was just painting a picture of where that character would be. Um, and because of, because of that, concept they were really free to do whatever they want with those characters where i feel like with french rivals they go for a big like this could shake up the whole gang but you know that it won't right and so that maybe answers the question about why uh after this they just went with novelizations because um it's pretty hard to do a story like that where um the stories you're typically telling are about interpersonal relationships and like character dynamics because you can't really change the status quo. So I think that's a lot of what held this book back 
uh, in something that fantasies was more freed on. Would, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, fantasies, they could just, you know, you yeah. do whatever you want. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but here there's really no tension because, you know, you know how it's all going to turn out, which is, you know, it's often true of the episodes. But, um, you know, we, we are we are frequently surprised. So I think if you're I think if you're a fan of the series, I think that it's a you know, it's a very quick read. If you can get your hands on it, I think it's worth the hour or two. It'll take you to get through it. What, what do you think? I think if you're a fan of 90210, then, you know, go for it. It's certainly not going to convert you. No. To being a fan. No, it would not. There are a few more original novels, but this is the only... Uh, this and Fantasies are the only ones that are in English. So uh, unless we can get some uh, <laughs> people who speak other languages to come and uh, read them for us and tell them, this will probably be the end of our uh, special uh, novel episodes, which makes me sad because I do enjoy them. Yeah, agreed. All right. Did you have a 90210 snap for this book, Kendra? I thought the scene where she gets mobbed in front of the Chinese theater was a little intense. Yeah. Yeah, that is intense. I, I would have to give my, my most dramatic moment to her opening the door to reveal a baby. <gasps> the baby. I think that was I think that was my 90210 snap. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, uh, so again, you can you can read all of the, the Mel Gilden novels, um, the novelizations there. They go from the basically until the until the gang is out of high school. There are novelizations, uh, multiple per season. There's Fantasies by K.T. Smith, uh, French Rivals, and Beginnings by Lawrence Crown, which, uh, you know, like I said, they're quick reads and they're all a good time, so you can you can check out the books there. Uh, we'll, we'll post a link with the list there, but you can find them on Goodreads and the 90210 Wikia and all that, so uh, Nick, I do keep, check them out. I keep forgetting to mention, but I did something epic. I changed all my uh, social media names to the same name. Oh my gosh, Kendra, what is it? It's Miss Music Box 91. Wow. So that's Twitter and Instagram and my TikTok. Those are all what, the same. What about your Etsy store? My Etsy store is still Miss Music Box Crafts. I'm actually working on a website too. Uh, nice. th- uh, that's apart from Etsy where you can okay. actually like order uh, t-shirts and like whatever or whatever and, you would like. And I know that you there's some prototype for some 9021 here we go yes, swag. Yes, I made like a perler bead 90210 thing that I think I'm just going to make into a magnet or a keychain. It could be okay. it could be so many things. So, so you're on our way. You're on our way to uh to stocking a, a 90210 here we go gift shop. Yes. Okay. Working cool. working my way there. But All right. once I get the website going, you can just go on and fill out the Google form and custom order whatever you would like. So All right. Well, as it stands now, we have we have finished the first two seasons of Beverly Hills 90210. Woo, we did it. So uh, if you're just tuning in now, weird choice, but we're glad to have you. <laughs> but uh, go back and listen to those episodes. We're on the cusp of starting season three and taking a look at the Melrose Place crossover episode. So you can find all of those. You can go deep into the archives and listen to the early podcast that Kendra did uh, called Nostalgia Me This, which is still right on our feed, so you can find all of those. If they're and, joining now, maybe it's like like I don't start Parks and Recreation at season one. I start at season oh, two. So okay. maybe, maybe it's that kind of thing. Could be. 
could be. <laughs> but you can find Nostalgia Me This right on our feed. You can find me over on the All the Book Show, uh, a weekly podcast that I do with Eric Mickles, where we talk uh, to different different uh, authors and things. We have a cool interview coming up with John Davey, the actor who played uh, Captain Marvel slash Shazam in the 1970s Shazam show. We talk all about that and his time working uh, on the Rockford Files and the Lucy Show, and we get into all sorts of 70s TV and movie glory. So uh, pop over to the All the Book Show and take a listen to that. I just listened to your interview with Susan Wiggs. I thought it was really good. Oh, well, but I didn't, asked... mention, I didn't mention Nano 2 and O, though. Uh, well that's okay but you like several questions she was like wow that's a good question <laughs> so <laughs> i thought it was a good interview well thanks for the plug Kendra. Yeah, i had a, i had a good time doing that one so all right i think that's it uh if you want to if you want to watch her alibi i'm sure you can find that uh <laughs> online with good quarantine uh, watch watch with, it with people it's with better it's better with people i think yes and please report back yes uh here we go pod on twitter and in the it, right isn't that what it is it, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add, Kendra? Nope. That's it. All right. You want to do the honors? Nine, two, one. Here we go. Woo!